Good evening and welcome to It's Your Voice. I'm Dr. Nerdine. As always, we're indebted to the Divine Supreme Being for an opportunity to address you. Quite naturally, we're praying that you're going to stay with us for the next few minutes. I want to talk to you tonight about the law of growth, also referred to as the law of seven, and in some places referred to as the law of octaves. Those of you who are into music, you, you know about the law of octaves. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti is an octave. And then the next do starts the next octave. This law of seven basically says that nothing goes in a straight line forever. At some point, there's going to be a deviation. If a shock is not induced at that particular point, then things go into a circle. And for those of you who are into music, you know that there are semitones also that won't allow just one note to go for indefinitely. So this is the law of seven. This law applies also to uh, the soil. It applies to everything in nature. There's nothing in nature that this law does not apply to. Uh, and tonight, I want to talk to you about it from the standpoint of, of plants. I want to talk to you from the standpoint of plants growing and also the mind of man. If we can get into it to show how this law is applicable not only in the soil that the farmer plants into, but it also applies to the mind of man that he plants, ideas, and concepts in. So the Quran talks to us, um, which is a book of guidance for, for, for Muslims and for people in general who want to study really revelation, uh, <clears throat> just as many of us study the Bible, uh, because we know that there's revelation there. But the Quran also has revelation there. And in the 71st chapter of the Quran, the 17th verse, it talks to man as growing as a plant. And basically what it says, the English translation, and I will deal with the English translation here this evening, it says, and Allah has produced you from the earth growing like a plant. And this is Abdullah Yusuf Ali's translation. Let me at the outset, though, uh, uh, share something with you from Dr. William James. Dr. William James is a Harvard professor of psychology. In fact, in many areas, he's seen as the father of psychology in the West. But he made a statement that I think carries a lot of weight, particularly when we start to consider new ideas and concepts coming to us as man. He says, in accepting a new body of evidence, we do as least as possible to disturb our pre-existing stock of ideas, end of quote. Again, he says, in accepting a new body of evidence, we do as least as possible to disturb our pre-existing stock of ideas. What is he talking about? Basically, what he's saying to us is there's a stock of ideas that man has. Well, where's the stock of ideas 
Why are they? They're basically in the subconscious chamber of his mind, in the subconscious mind. We know that the conscious mind is the thinking mind. The conscious mind is the knowing mind. The conscious mind does have memory to it, but the subconscious mind also has memory to it. And we store things into the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind basically is the doing mind. It's the doing part of the mind. The conscious mind is the thinking, the knowing part. The subconscious part of the mind is the doing part of the mind. So unless you get things over from the conscious mind into the doing part of the mind, then the body really doesn't move. I'm sharing this with you as some of the philosophy that has been given to us by uh, Dr. Thurman Fleet, who basically sought to uh, give us a picture of what the mind looks like because no one has ever seen the mind. And he's in the 30s. This is in the 1930s. And he says, well, what, if, it, if, it, if we could see it, what would it look like? And so since that particular time, and maybe even before that time, uh, people have talked about the mind from the standpoint of it being a conscious part to it, a subconscious part to it. And we know the body basically is the instrument of the mind. The body just does what the mind tells it to do. It can't do anything other than what the mind tells it to do. So Dr. Fleet basically came out and said that in the subconscious chamber of the mind is where we hold a lot of ideas and concepts. And so what Dr. James is saying to us is, is that when a new, uh, new evidence comes to us, a new body of evidence comes to us, we do as least as possible to disturb those pre-existing stock of ideas. Well, what are those ideas down there? For the most part, they're habits. They're habits in the subconscious mind. And habits aren't easy to, to change. All of us know that. We know that it's very, very difficult to change habits. So anytime something new comes to us consciously and says, well, look, it's time for you to change, time for you to make some, some, some moves here, uh, the subconscious mind may say, well, I'm not ready to change. I'm not ready to make any moves at all. So irrespective to what you're talking about consciously about what you want to do, uh, subconsciously, I'm not ready to move. And all of us know that we know things that we don't do. We all know things that we don't do. So these are laws. This is, this is a law that's governing really uh, in the subconscious chamber of the mind. And uh, so what we want to do here this evening is draw an analogy between the soil that the farmer plants in and the subconscious mind that you plant in that you consciously plan in. When I say consciously, I'm talking about from the standpoint of your sense perception, your seeing, your smelling, your tasting, your touching, your hearing, all of that is conscious and you plant into the subconscious mind. So how does the plant, so how does this work? If God says to us, I've created you and produced you from the earth growing like a plant, the first thing that we got to know is that the plant is in soil. It's in soil, and the soil has a law. It's governed by law. The farmer, all the farmer knows is the growth really depends upon the soil. It's not the seed. 
he has to you know he has to plant seed into the soil he's got to give something before he can get something but the determining factor as to what he's going to get uh, ultimately has to do with the soil itself many of you are familiar with the book of Matthews in the Bible 13th chapter it says a sower went out to sow and to cut through the chase when we consider this chapter we know that 75% of the seed falls on bad soil or bad circumstances the birds eat up some of it the weeds get some of it some of it falls on stony ground and can't take root so it's only about 25% of it that falls on good ground and the scripture says, and it bore fruit a hundred times. So we know you can plant one seed of corn into the soil and it'll give you a hundred, hundred uh, uh, ears of corn. So we know that the, the, the multiplication process is huge here once the seed is in the soil and the soil is fertile. So, uh, so the climatic conditions have to be right in order for the seed really uh, to bear fruit or in order for the farmer to get a harvest uh, the seed has to be right so it's the same thing with our minds our mind have to be in the proper condition too in order for ideas to take root and bear fruit now this is huge for us to understand because your entire life is predicated on this particular principle that I'm sharing with you the law of growth and if the soil of your mind isn't correct then you're not going to get the right results I mean if your mind is heavy with doubt heavy with fear heavy with indecision those type of ideas and concepts then you're not going to produce too much in your life the, the soil that's that will be the soil of the condition of your mind again or ignorance if the mind is heavily laden or ignorance is really the dominant factor in the mind then you're not going to produce too much living in today's world so the question is as would be the question of the farmer what condition is the soil in and so my question for you is what condition is your mind in and here I'm talking from the standpoint of how is your mind fo formatted because if it's not formatted properly or it's not in the right condition you're just not going to get the right result the, res the results that you would like you could want good things in your life you want positive things in your life you want better circumstances in your life better conditions in your life but you don't get them why don't you get them you don't get them because the soil isn't right the condition of the mind isn't right the mind isn't formatted properly it's got too much doubt it's got too much indecision it has too much fear in it and until you can let go of those things then the seed just not going to come forward the, the way that you want it to come forth so all of us want better all of us want good that's just that this in the basic nature that all of us have but we don't all get it and we don't all get it it's because of how the mind is formatted let me give you a, a, another example for us to look at when I say formatted. 
uh, energy or electricity as energy uh, can work in various different apparatus. It can work in different machines. Electricity can work in a toaster or it can work in a sewing machine. It's the same electricity. It's not two different electricities, one for the toaster and one for the sewing machine. If it's uh, hooked up to the toaster, then you get toast. If it's hooked up to the sewing machine, then you can get a garment. Well, the law that's working in the soil is the same law that works in your mind. It's the same law. It's not two different laws working, one in your mind and one in the soil. No, they're the same energy. It's from the same energy source. Now, the farmer has to be able to identify the seed. I mean, you, you can't plant apples and get carrots. He has to be able to identify the seed, and the only way he can identify the seed is through previous experience. He knows what an apple seed looks like. He knows what a carrot seed looks like. He knows that he can't plant apples and get carrots. He knows that he can't plant car car uh, carrots and get apples. He knows that he can't plant a cabbage and get a redwood. And here again, time becomes a factor. Time determines the harvest also. Some of these things he can get in one season. Those of you who are farmers, you know what I'm talking about. You can get a cabbage in one season. But for a full-grown redwood tree, it could take you almost 100 years. So time determines also what the harvest is. So ideas in your mind are seeds. It's the same law. The, but, but again, here we're looking at ideas as seeds as opposed to a physical seed being planted in, into the ground. But the process of, of growth is basically the same. <laughs> the climatic conditions are going to have to be favorable in order for that seed to, to bear some fruit, just like the climatic conditions or the situation, the formatting of your mind, the way that your mind is conditioned, that's going to be the determining factor as to whether or not you're going to bear fruit, whether you're going to get good circumstances or bad circumstances. So what do we know? You don't plant good things into the mind and get bad things. You don't plant bad things into the mind and get good things. Just like you know that you can't plant apples and get carrots. It's the same thing. You're going to get the like thereof. So we determine, just like the farmer determines, what the harvest is going to be. He says what I want. He says, if I want an orchard of apples, then I know I got to plant apples. If I want, if I want a, a, a row of carrots, I got to plant carrots. If I want corn, I got to plant corn. So he determines. So you and I, we're the same way. We have to say what it is that we want. And here, here, here's, here's the thing that we have to understand. We're, we're making a conscious decision. Your subconscious mind can't say, I don't want that. It is totally deductive. In this reasoning, just like the soil, it can't say to the farmer, don't plant cabbage, don't plant, don't plant uh, the redwood, don't plant apples. It can't say that. It will take whatever the farmer plants. And if the, again, if the, if the, the soil is ripe and, and there's enough sun, there's enough water, there's enough fertilizer, everything is ripe. 
then ultimately what's going to happen is he's going to have a harvest. So it's the same thing with us. We have to determine what it is that we want to see. And your subconscious mind, which is the doing part of the mind, can't say, I don't want that. It can't want that. Now, your conscious mind is different, just like it is for the farmer. Your conscious mind has an inductive reasoning to it, and it also has a deductive reasoning to it. Meaning what? You can choose what you want to go into the subconscious chamber of the mind, what you want to plant into the mind. You can choose what you want to see. We all do. We can choose what we want to see in our lives, what we want to have in our lives. We can choose what we want into want in our lives. And as we choose these things, then we ultimately plant these things into the subconscious chamber of the mind where they literally take root and they start growing. Or the conscious mind, it can be totally deductive in its reasoning. Meaning what? It doesn't choose at all. It, things just come in and go straight on through the mind into the subconscious chamber of the mind, and, and, and then it starts growing there. We, we can find ourselves what? You can be in groups with groups of people. Many, many times we, we find this. You can go to concerts, and, and you're not choosing what you're allowing to come into the mind. You're just sitting there absorbing whatever's taking place in the environment, and everything is just going into the subconscious mind. This happens every day with people everywhere. And sometimes the wrong ideas go into the mind of that entire group that's there. And then when they leave out of the concert or leave from wherever they are, then all types of trouble <laughs> takes place. People start destroying property. People start harming one another. It's just a number of things. Why? Because why? Because things went into the subconscious mind of the public that was there that wasn't beneficial for the social order. And then when they left out of there, then they just started to wreak havoc. We've seen this with basketball games, football games, baseball games. People leave there with the wrong impressions in their minds that what? Because they weren't really choosing or they what was coming into the mind, it just went on into the subconscious mind. And then when they got outside, something else started happening. It was all together a different ballgame. So we choose, we decide what it is that we want to see, just like the farmer chooses what he wants to see. So now let's look at this, this, this growth factor. The farmer has to plant a seed in the soil. Some got, you've got to give something before you can get something. That's not how you taught for, for the most part in the West. But this is the natural order. Every farmer knows that he has to plant something into the soil in order for him to have a harvest. So he's got to put a seed in there first. And I'm saying to you, you've got to put an idea in your mind first. So he puts a seed in the soil. The seed dies to that form. It splits and it becomes a root. The root starts to grow vertically and horizontally. Some goes down deep, 
Some is going out to the left. Some is going out to the right. It's, it's growing vertically and horizontally. From the root, you see a stem. As the stem starts to grow again vertically, it breaks the, uh, comes into the light of the sun. Then you start seeing branches. Branches starting to grow horizontally. After the branches, you see bud. After the bud, you see a leaf. After the leaf, you see a flower. After the flower, you see fruit. That's the final production of that process of life, which has the abilities to start the whole process all over again because the seed is there. Now, let me ask you some questions here. Because this works with, with your life too. There are certain things that cannot happen before other things happen. So I ask you the question, can you see a root before you see the seed? No. Will you see a stem before you see the root? No. Will you see the branch before you see the stem or the bud before the branch or the leaf before the bud or the flower before the leaf? No. So certain things cannot happen before other things happen. There's this diverse, these are diverse stages of growth. It's the same way with your mind. There are certain things that have to happen in the mind before other things can happen. And the, look, the body just does not move unless the mind tells it what to do. It doesn't, it's not going to do anything other than what the mind tells it to do. Again, your conscious part of your mind, that's the thinking part. That's where your books are. So you can go to school for, for, from now on. You can get an associate's degree, bachelor's degree, master's degree, PhD. You can get all of that in the conscious mind. And don't get it planted into the subconscious mind. And the life doesn't reflect the education of the person. We see this all the time. Person is totally unsuccessful based on all of the data and information and knowledge that they have accumulated throughout the years of study. Why is that? Because the soil, the soil isn't right. They're still ignorant to something. And all of us are ignorant to something, but they're still ignorant to something in terms of how the world works. So even though they pile up all of these books, they still can't make any progress in life. Sometimes you find them sitting down under the Vidoc with PhDs, boiling coffee. They've, they, 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 they've lost their way. The soil isn't right. Too much doubt. Too much indecision. Too much fear. Fear. Doubt, indecision, leads to anxiety. Anxiety leads to depression. Depression leads to disease. Or depression leads to sickness, sickness leads to disease. And disease leads to, to death, ultimately. This is the process. How do you offset that? You can only offset it with knowledge. Through study. You can only offset it through understanding. If you don't get understanding in the proper understanding, 
You don't make it. I don't care how much knowledge you get. You have to have the right understanding. Understanding leads to faith. Understanding leads to faith. Faith leads to well-being. Well-being leads to health, wealth, and happiness. <laughs> well-being leads to creation. And we already know that uh, ignorance leads to disintegration. So this is the plane of polarity that we're on. One side of it is ignorance and the other side of it is knowledge. We choose. We have the choice as to which one we will literally allow to influence our lives. And this is a fact. So that same law that we're seeing uh, working in the soil, that same law works in your mind. And here's another thing for us to understand. The seed only attracts which, that which has a natural affinity with it. It only attracts what it has resonance with. It doesn't attract everything from the soil. You put the seed into the soil, the farmer puts the seed into the soil, even though it's touching the soil, there are certain things in the soil that the, that the seed does not attract to it. It doesn't have a natural affinity with it, so it doesn't need it. So it leaves it there. Your ideas are the same way. You plant certain ideas into the mind, those ideas start to attract. From where? From the external world. They start attracting more ideas, more concepts of a similar type or those ideas and concepts that have resonance or a natural affinity with. This is how the world works. This is the law of, uh, law of vibration. Every seed has a rate of vibration to it. There's a, there's a vibratory rate to every seed. There's a vibratory rate to every seed. And that rate of vibration has the power of attraction. And it attracts to itself what it needs in order for its growth. See, some of you saw the movie, uh, The Secret. One of my mentors, uh, Mr. Bob Proctor, who's gone now, he starred in that movie. And one of the things that Bob Proctor said, he says, it was a good movie. He says, but basically what it highlighted was the law of attraction. The law of attraction is a secondary law. The primary law is the law of vibration. Everything is vibrating in this universe. Everything is moving in this universe. Nothing is standing still. Everything is vibrating. And as it vibrates, it attracts to it. It has a magnetic pull to it. And it's that magnetic pull that pulls everything that has resonance with it to it that causes it to grow. So the law of attraction, if you just act to the law of attraction, that's, that's the secondary law. The first law is what, what, what vibration are you in? <laughs> what, what kind of vibration do you have? <laughs> if you don't have the right, the right vibration, you're not going to attract the right things. This is factual. These are laws. These laws don't change. They're universal. 
they apply in the soil, they also apply in your life. And if you want to get the most out of this life, you need to understand these laws. This is the law of growth I'm talking to you about tonight. The law of growth, the law of seven, also referred to as the law of octaves. Nothing goes in a straight line forever. At some particular point, there's going to be a deviation. And things have a diverse factor in terms of growth, as I just showed you from the seed on to the flower or on to the fruit. Certain things cannot happen in your life until other things happen. And you have to always be conscious of the fact that you live on the plane of polarity. You live on the plane of polarity, on the, of opposites, up, down, in, out, ignorance, knowledge, black, white, dull, sharp. That's the plane of polarity. We live on that plane. And you can't escape the laws that govern on that plane. So if we understand this properly and we apply these laws as they should be applied, then you can pretty much get whatever you want out of life. You just have to know what it is that you want. The farmer plants, the farmer gets what he wants. He decides what he wants. You have to decide what you want. And until you decide what you want, then the only thing that'll come out of your life for the most part is worthlessness and waste because we already know the farmer already knows if he doesn't plant something in there then weeds will grow something will grow out of there but it'll be worthless <laughs> depends on where it's at because if it's out at the seashore if it's just sand you're not going to get anything but if it is a place where things can be planted and you don't plant anything then weeds will come up and the same thing with your mind. If you don't plant the right ideas, the right concepts into your mind, then something will grow. Why? Because the world is going to influence your mind. The world will deposit into your mind, into the subconscious chambers of your mind, what it wants in your mind. And what we're going to see reflected in your life is what's coming out of your mind. But not something that you determined was coming out of your mind. It's what the world is determining. Most of us are functioning based on a paradigm. All of us are functioning based on paradigms. A paradigm is a body of habits that pretty much control pretty much everything that goes on in your life. And most of us, the paradigm that most of us have, we didn't create it. Our, our mothers created it. Our fathers created it. Our brothers and our sisters created it. It came out of the environment. When you were first born, the, the, your subconscious mind was just open to whatever was in the environment. And whatever you heard in the environment, whatever you saw in the environment, whatever you felt from the environment, all of that went into the subconscious part of your mind. So by the time you got to six or seven years old, based on what psychology is saying, you, you had a paradigm already created, let alone what you inherited because you got a little bit from your mother and a little bit from your father. You inherited that. So that's also an influence in the life. But for the most part, the biggest part of the influence is coming from the environment. So let's stop and think about this. Most of us 
are living a life that somebody else created. You say, oh, mister, that's not true. Examine your life. Study it. Study your beliefs. Where you get your beliefs from? Where'd your religion come from? Where'd you get your religion? Where'd your religion come from? Where'd your science come from? Where'd your lifestyle come from? Your eating habits, where'd they come from? The foods that you like, where'd they come from? They came from the environment. So that's most of us. Most of us haven't decided as time went on what life was going to be for us, the basic life was going to be for us. We're living based on somebody else's paradigm for us. But you can create your own. The choice is really up to you. Just as the farmer can determine what the crop is that he wants to see, you can determine the type of life that you want to see for yourself. It's been good talking to you this evening. I look forward to carrying on uh, this subject matter with you as we move on into the future. You all have a healthy and pleasant evening. Peace be unto you. Assalamu alaikum. Ramadan Mubarak. I'm Dr. Nuruddin. You all have a healthy and pleasant evening.